what's good, y'all? My name is Chris Shreve, a.k.a. C. Shreve, the professor. Welcome to another episode of Who Needs a Classroom podcast. Today, we are going to talk about work, putting in work. Uh, word to Rihanna, work, 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 right? So uh, never, ever underestimate the value of work, of, of your time, of, or of someone else's time and the work they've put in of effort, of that grind, of sticking it out, of sticking to the plan, of, you know, the grind that exists out here. This is kind of why you have to respect your elders to some degree, you know. If you're, you know, looking to the folks around you, folks that have put in work have kind of earned your respect, or they should have oftentimes. So in physics, we would say, you know, work equals force times distance or essentially displacement, you know, how far you can move something. So, you know, when somebody like an artist in, in rap, you know, we say, you know, if somebody took it the farthest, you know, we were looking at, you know, people having the goat conversation, they're saying Jay-Z's the greatest of all time type of thing. It's because of how much force he had and for how long and for how long it was sustained for and then how far it's been able to go. Like I saw somebody hating on Jay-Z the other day on Twitter and I was thinking, you know, I told my wife, I was kind of like referencing this tweet to her, and I said, you know how hard it is to make a rap dollar? This man made a billion of them. Like, <laughs> that, taking it that far and applying that much force and putting that much work in. So I kind of like the, the physics, you know, the, the equation definition of it. So force times your, your distance or your displacement, how far you can, you can move that thing. So that's where I kind of think of it in like a, a math way. And I think the math way makes sense to me because if you think, you know, work, our work gets calibrated and calculated out to equal, you know, dollars. It equals, you know, how much your revenue might be, the amount of time you put in there. So I think that's where I think of it in a math way pretty quickly. So when you think about your life in those terms, and a lot of people do of how many hours per week they got to put in at this job or how many years they got to put in before retirement, that type of thing, you start to realize your time is limited, you know, you're not going to want to do this forever or you want to have more time to yourself. And so this time connection with work is, is pretty important in life. So you, you start to realize that, you know, my time has a certain value. And when I work, you know, if you have this viewpoint of work is a chore and you're trying to get to the weekend, you know, how much of your life are you kind of not present for or how much you kind of wishing away and, it's a funny thing that happens too. Like let's say you had a, a Friday, you could do whatever you wanted. I think teenagers sometimes experience this or, or anybody can experience it, but you could do whatever you want that day. If you just hang around all day and do just watch Netflix or play video games and don't really do anything <laughs> at the end of that, you kind of don't feel very fulfilled. Right. And it's kind of counterintuitive because you thought you were just going to do, you know, your choice activities and they ended up just be watching your shows and, you know, having some cookies and chips and chilling out. And maybe that was really fulfilling for a little bit, but at the end of it, like if you do that for the whole day, if you do like hours and hours of that, you'll look back and be like, what did I do today? And so I think work helps you to kind of counter some of that because part of your brain, I think, kind of does this little calculation for you and understands you have this finite amount of time that you don't even know really what it is and when your last day will be here. So it wants you to progress and, and be on your, your path. And so when you waste that time, part of you knows that and says, 
man, we didn't really do nothing today. So if there's a part of you that wants to achieve this goal, but then a part of you that just wanted to hang out all day and not really do much, you know, that might be the same part of you that wants to be in shape, but doesn't work out or, you know, has a goal, but doesn't follow through. And so there becomes this disconnection between what you really want and what you're really choosing now. So there's nothing wrong with having some Netflix time or having, you know, some of that. But when you don't put some work in towards the things you're trying to get towards, it's not just like, you know, mindless work, but work that's, you know, mindful, that's going towards what you're hoping to achieve, that helps you to feel fulfilled. When your time is properly valued, that helps you to feel fulfilled. And that can be, you know, by someone else's literal valuation of it from you know monetary perspective. Oh, it really feels good to do what you love and be paid this. But it's also about how do you value your time when you have this precious two-day weekend or three-day weekend or whatever it is, how do you choose to spend it? And at the end of that space, do you feel energized, refreshed, feel good about life? Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. What's the choice you use there to value your time and, and help it to feel like you really made the most of those moments? Because as we kind of all know, you don't get back that opportunity. So however you spend your Sunday, your Saturday, whoever you spend it with, you don't get that back. So you kind of want to value it accordingly. So in the context of work, and this is the whole idea here is kind of looking at work in a way that's not looking at it kind of negatively, realizing that work is is vital to life. We kind of have to you know provide for ourselves and be sustainable. So we kind of have to embrace this process as opposed to, I think in some cases, either dreading the process of work, but also sometimes maybe embracing it as a means to get somewhere, but really just focusing on the outcomes. I think that's a, a pitfall too, because then you're only looking for Friday or you're looking for the vacation. Or I taught in an academic setting for 12 years, and so I was kind of constantly looking for Friday or spring break and then, you know, summer break and fall break. And there was this, it's kind of built into the system for the students, but as a teacher, you kind of fall prey to it too. And the next thing you know, I'd watch like five years go by, 10 years, and they go by kind of fast. They allowed me in my department to, if you wanted to do all your classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which meant you didn't have to teach class on Mondays or Fridays, which I really liked because it kind of changed Monday and Friday into this real chill kind of intro outro instead of a a pressured day to, to, to perform or anything. Tuesday and Thursday were that. So anyways, it equaled like my week kind of, it changed my viewpoint of the week. It had a different set of bookends to it, which I liked, but it kind of made the weeks just zip on by and the years zip on by, which was kind of a good thing, but I kind of looked up and I'd been there a decade type of thing. So I kind of liked it, but then I kind of also realized it has a certain pitfall because it kind of had me constantly looking, you know, okay, if I can get through Tuesday, I don't have to teach on Wednesday. Okay. Today's Thursday, but really it's like Friday. Okay, if I get through this, I'm pretty much done with the week. And next thing I know, I kind of was blocking my life off in a way where I was compartmentalizing it so much that I, I was kind of looking ahead all the time. And I think you want to be present more than looking ahead. So finding a way to you know enjoy the process, to kind of love the work you do and love the little focus points on it, you know, to concentrate on what you're doing in that moment and do it to the fullest, you know, ability that you have, you know, when you think of concentrated, you know, concentration, like in your brain, you know, I'm concentrating. It's not just like I'm thinking, it's like I'm concentrating all my energy towards this target. Like I'm really concentrating it, you know, like a juice concentrate, that type of thing. I'm going to cook it down to like all my energy is going towards one thing. If you can do that, you know, that's where you can perform at a higher level because you're really harnessing your full potential. So, um, 
I think I hit this yet. I've got some little notes here. Uh, we don't want to focus, you know, again, on kind of the endpoints. Find yourself in the process. Um, one of the cool things that happens with work is no matter what kind of work you put in, whether this is a kid who joins the chess club and he starts playing chess more, or whether this is your new job and you've never had this kind of job before, or whatever the situation is, as you work at it, uh, my son uh, decided we got him. He got a tennis racket last fall. And we started playing tennis more. We have a tennis court real near our house, and so I've kind of written down all the days we played tennis, and he's put in like you know twenty some days now. And they haven't been like straight up practice, but I kind of approach athletics in kind of a practice scenario. So he has been working at it, like from a kind of as if we're in practice. And so he's had like 20 days of tennis practice. And that's work that he's put in. So he's so much better than day one. So no matter what you put work in, if you put those 20 hours of work in, you're going to get better. You're going to get more competent. You know, you're going to become better at what you do. And so when you get better at what you do, more competent, that inherently boosts your valuation or evaluation of your own talents and your abilities. And when you realize you're more competent, some of us personality-wise may, to a higher or lower degree, become more confident. Almost always to some degree, but some people way more, they realize, oh, wow, I'm a good tennis player. Oh, man, that really helps to fuel a new side of them. For some folks, it, it, they factored a little bit in doesn't magnify as much on their confidence, but maybe a little. Some folks, it can be very extreme, especially if they haven't had this experience before of getting good at something. So when you work at something, you get better at it, more competent. That inherently, even to a tiny degree, but sometimes to a great degree, will make you more confident. And some people struggle with confidence. They don't believe in themselves or they think they, they kind of devalue their own talents and skills. So improving any skills or discovering new ones or enhancing those oftentimes kind of can add some, a good pat on the back for a human, you know, it really can. I have been discovering this uh, personally lately as I kind of took on kind of a new thing in the last, I guess, year or two, uh, learning production. I've always been a rapper kind of primarily and have done a little production, production for those not under, understanding hip-hop fully, basically beat making, making the, the sound kind of scape that I end up rapping on. I was more focused on being the rapper, not the producer or the beat maker. But with COVID um, kind of time being on my hands more at the studio in my house, I, I already had a drum machine. I got another one and I've been spending time making beats. And it's really kind of definitely checked my confidence. It's been like, oh, I don't think these are, you know, that dope. And, and maybe they're not because I'm not as competent as I need to be. But I'm very competent as an MC, And so I'm realizing, you know, if I can get the, my beat making up to a certain level, you know, it's going to be, I can figure, th I can figure this out. But I've, I've definitely been catching myself in these valuations of myself. And I know how I am kind of with my own I don't say, I don't really even embrace the term perfectionist, but I know I have a tendency to want to kind of maybe overanalyze the things I do and want them to be better. But that's actually kind of a really a good gift because then the things that I will finally release will be better. So it's okay to overanalyze your, your work. You don't want to overthink it to the point where you don't write it down or you don't make the beat. But once you've kind of got the beat going, it's okay to fine tune it and tinker with it and you make it, you know, quote unquote, you know, that perfectionist type thing. Um, that just means you want your art to be good or you want your the way you communicate to be, you know, uh, to be very direct and very precise and very concise. So it's okay 
to feel like you want to achieve that higher level. And in the case of me with beats, I'm not going to release all the things that I make at first. I'm, I'll release things when I feel better about them, when more confident in them, where I feel like they show more competence, that type of thing. So that's one of the examples I've been having re recently where I've, I've noticed my confidence being lower, but it's not a matter of me being like, oh man, I wish I, I need to think I'm doper. No, I'm not that dope yet. It's a proper valuation. I'm learning to get dope with my beats. And so that lack of confidence is appropriate. As I get better and better and better, then when I'm ready to put things out, as I've put more work in, then they'll be more, you know, they'll show more competence and I'll be more confident in them as a result. So you can't really put the cart before the horse, so to speak. I can't pretend I'm confident. Um, when you look at confidence, I think I did a, like a, a, who needs a classroom before it was even a podcast about confidence and competence. And I need to do, need to do that one again on here, but it's on YouTube, but it's basically some personalities kind of over evaluate or higher created higher evaluation of their competence. Some might do a lower one and both might be inaccurate to a certain degree, but one might be on the higher side. One might be on the lower side. I tend to be on the lower side. I kind of underestimate myself and have to kind of like be really dope at something and then I'm confident, but that's actually helpful. So I knew how I'd, I would be like that with beats. It's going to be good for me, but right now I'm experiencing, man, I'm kind of a newbie to this. I don't need to be pretending I'm dope and putting out tons of videos and these beats because they're getting there, but they're not as dope as I want them to be. That's actually good, I think. So the lack of confidence thing is kind of a uh, underestimated skill because it, it results in you not coming out the gate thinking you're better than you are. So if you're similar to me in that respect, don't worry about it. You're going to be all right. Because if you are, you know, less accurate on the underside, you know, basically thinking you are not as good as you probably are, that means you're going to work harder. I always imagine it like, imagine going to freshman tryouts for something. You're going to high school. I was going to like basketball tryouts or football tryouts. And if you don't think you're good enough, hopefully that drove you that, you know, the weeks or months leading up to that tryout to work out harder or to practice more, shoot more shots or whatever it was. And that equals you being more prepared than you would have been otherwise. You know, I had peers who would sometimes overestimate their ability, you know, and they were going to be underprepared. So again, that's kind of how it works. I think sometimes, I think folks who are underconfident may look at it like, man, I wish I could just believe in myself more. Well, my solution is put the work in. After you put the work in, you will begin to believe in yourself more inherently because you just start to prove it to yourself. The kids in the weight room and football who eventually have squatted or benched way more than they thought they were going to, that really carries over to their mindset of can-do, of self-efficacy, of I'm about to, I, I could take over the world, I, I can do this, I, you know, I have value and strength and, you know, I'm powerful, that type of thing. So um, when you're putting in that work, when you're showing up, um, showing up is an important thing, show up to work, but think about a job you've had. You have to show up on time. You have to be consistent. We used to say, we had these shirts that would say, discipline. The ability to complete a task, and that's toughness. Toughness is the ability to complete a task regardless of the circumstances. Discipline is kind of basically doing the things that are tough when you don't want to do them, but still doing them anyway. You know, showing up for that job, doing your job, doing your shift when you didn't feel good that day or when you didn't quite feel up to it or you wasn't feeling your job, finding a way to value that work, even if it's not quite the work you want to do now, because it has a, you know, kind of role in your bigger picture of where you want to get to. So finding a way to be consistent with that is, is that's why I said in the beginning, never underestimate 
you know, the years somebody's put into this, the, you know, the decades, the, the, you know, somebody's credibility, their credentials, they put years into their education. You can't really disregard the work. Um, in Sosa, in the Society of Spoken Art, we say, you know, disrespect is not doing the work. If there's work required of you, you do your work. If you're not, that's disrespectful to those on your team, which are those who are working with you, right? So show up on time, be consistent, have a high quality of work. You know, those things are very important. And so I was talking about beat making. I've been, you know, working on my own music a lot lately. And so this is me working for myself. There's no boss or nobody looking over my shoulder. And academia was like that. So it, was, it kind of prepped me for it. But you have work to do. It's on you to do it. In the case of being an artist, the fans will let you know if you're slipping. You know, your peers might let you know. You might notice at a show if your song wasn't that good and they didn't really respond to it. You know, in the classroom, it was the students. If I wasn't that prepped for the lecture or wasn't really ready or wasn't cohesive or coherent with my direction and putting it all together, they're going to let you know. You can kind of see they don't respond as much, that type of thing. So I'll leave you kind of with this last bit on work. Um, You have to somehow find value in your work and you have to find a way eventually to you know find a way to get it valued properly in the world right so those are two different things one is your value set you know do you feel good about the work you're doing right and another set is is it being kind of properly you know priced do you feel like and not always just price do you feel like you have enough say so in the outcomes of your job or in its scope or in what, you know, how much freedom you have in choice of what you're doing there. Um, That's a lot of it as well. So you have to somehow, you know, find some value in your work. Again, when you look back at your decade or two or three at a job, you want to feel good about the amount of your life you sunk into that. So that's that value. Do you feel good about that? Did you find value in your work and, and your, you know, the force you were pushing into the world to help make a difference? or to help others to make a difference, or whatever the scenario was. And then also, were you able to find a way to have that be valued properly in the workplace, or in the uh, marketplace, or in, the, you know, in society, so that you were able to provide for your family, or for yourself, or create your own space in the world? So I think, I think work, that is, that's kind of the goals here, is to create value, a valuable contribution during your lifetime, and then to be able to provide a platform for others around you, whether in your family or your, your small circles which you create, to also create positive change and work and contributions in the world. So don't underestimate work. This is a vital part of your life. Uh, the kids who play sports, y'all know, uh, if you want to you know, make the team or be better on the team, you got to put in that work in the summer or the off-season um, folks who are workaholics know this. You want to get ahead, you got to work harder. Um, this is a secret like key to life, but it's not difficult. It's showing up that sweat equity. You might, you know, put in all these different little tasks that you don't get compensated for. And sometimes people think, oh man, don't do work, for, don't, don't work for free. Well, a lot of times you're doing these kind of favors or these kind of quote unquote free type things back and forth that build trust, build value. And then eventually that equals value, you know, true economic value later, a true deal or a partnership. But first, for a while, it was kind of wasn't so on paper. So value is interesting. 
the way it can kind of ebb and flow and then eventually, you know, be more concrete or material. So thank y'all for listening. As always, uh, put in some work. Uh, Make sure you find time to rest and relax as well. But that tends to feel much better after a job well done. So um, go put in that work. Go earn it. And then after you've earned it, sit down. Pat yourself on the back for a job well done. Good job. Thank y'all. Peace. Thank you.